Turn with me please this evening in the scriptures. Anybody happy for the scriptures? Thank you Lord for your holy, wonderful, living word. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Anybody know what's in John chapter 10? The good shepherd. We began some weeks ago talking about being led by the Spirit of God. You remember that? I know it was a little while ago and we've looked and talked about some other things since then. But anybody remember we were excited about being led? I mean, we were worked up over it. We... You remember? <laughs> In John 10, verse 1. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same's a thief and a robber. When you're right, you come in the front door. <laughs> when your heart's right, your motive's right, you come in the, in the right way. Because you've got nothing to hide. When you're right, you're not sneaky. Somebody climbs up the back way and Sneaks in the back door. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Why? <laughs> you could meddle right here and I couldn't. <laughs> Some folks are too secretive. It's because they're hiding stuff. <laughs> but Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And I am the door. And he came the right way. Yes. How many know he came through the front door? Yes. Came in front of everybody. Right? In front of heaven, earth, and hell. Right. Proclaimed it. You know when they were accusing him at the end, he said, uh, ask the people what I said. Everybody heard me. This thing wasn't done in the corner, Paul said. Right? Keep going. He that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus. To him the porter opens, the sheep hear his voice. Now who are you? Who am I? The sheep do what? Hear his voice. Right. Say it out loud, I'm his, I'm his sheep. And I hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He knows your name. And he leads them out. Somebody say, he leads me. Keep going. When he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before him and the sheep follow him. Is that you? Somebody say, he leads me. And I follow him, for I know his voice. Now don't ever say anything contrary to that. You'd be arguing with the scripture. You'd be arguing with Jesus. Don't go by how you feel. I don't care if you've made mistakes the last five times and went the wrong way and messed things up. It's all the more reason you need to get in faith and agree with the Lord about this. Don't talk what you feel or don't feel. I've had people just, just tell me in desperation, oh, please, Brother Keith, pray for me. I just can't seem to hear from him. I've prayed. I've fasted. I've done everything, but I, I don't hear his voice. I don't know what's wrong. I can't, I, can't, I can't get from him what I need to get. That's not what the Bible says. Well, I know how I feel. So what you feel is more true than the Bible. See, that's the problem. Folks walking by feeling. 
by reasoning, by sight. How many would have enough faith in the master that if he said it, that's it. That's it. Whether you look like it or not, that's it. It's true. Whether you feel like it or not, it's true. So just go ahead on and rejoice like it's true. Talk like it's true. Act like it's true. You know what will happen? It will be true to you. It will come to pass in your life. But if you're going to argue with him, well, I know I can't. I've tried. I've done everything and I know I can't. You're calling the master what? You're telling him he's wrong? He don't know? Somebody needs to say, Jesus is right. I am his sheep. I hear his voice. I know his voice. He leads me and I follow him. Don't say anything different. That's it. Verse 5, a stranger will they not follow. They'll flee from him because they know not the voice of strangers. One translation said it's unfamiliar. You need to say that one out loud too. A stranger, stranger. the wrong one, one. I won't follow because I don't know them. I don't know know their voice voice. and I don't follow strangers. (laughs) <laughs> right? right it's real simple yeah. yeah. where would that come from I don't know but don't follow it <laughs> well that's strange I don't understand that okay but don't follow it yeah. don't do it I don't understand I don't know. don't follow it simple because when it's him that's the same spirit that's been in you since you were born again. Come on, are you listening? Same spirit that communicates with you every day and every night is going to be very, very familiar to you. Verse 6, this parable spoke Jesus to them, but they understood not what things they were which he spoke to them. Then said Jesus to them again, verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Anybody that claimed they were the Messiah, that they are the Savior, is a liar and a thief. Because there's only one. Jesus said so. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep. And am known of mine. Are you his? Are you his? Are you his? He said you know him. Do you agree with that? Yes, Somebody say, I'm his, I'm his. And I know him. I know him. Well, I don't think I know him as good as a hush all that stuff. That's not humility. Humility is submitting yourself to the word of God. Yes. Amen. Quit talking about your experiences or lack of it, our feelings, our lack of them. Just agree with him. Yes. Somebody needs to say it again. Said out loud, I'm his sheep. I'm his sheep. And I know him. And I, know him. I, know his I know his voice. Boy, that'll help you. Yes, sir. Yes. I said that will help you. That will help me. If you just go around saying that. I'm his sheep. And I know his voice. I hear his voice. I know his voice. It'll open up a, a whole uh, world of being more aware of God. 
It'll just open it up. Uh, Skip on down. Let's see to verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I am known of mine. Verse 16. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. This will correct some wrong doctrine. There's only one fold. There's only one. Verse 27. In case you didn't get it the first three times. Red letters. How many of you understand we ought to be getting this by now? Jesus said what? My sheep. Hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Oh, glory to God. Somebody say, I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. I know him. And I follow him. He's the good shepherd. I'm his sheep. He leads me. And I follow him. Hallelujah. Go to Romans 8, please. That's our text. We read the text. Only took us 10 minutes. Anything better we could talk about? Anything I might say about the scriptures is not going to be any better than the scriptures. Romans 8, verse 13. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. He's not just talking about physically dying. Uh, The Bible talks about people that are dead while they live. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can be led by the Spirit of God. Verse 15. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 16. The Spirit itself, or as most modern translations say, Himself, bears witness with our spirit. That's how He communicates with us. The reason a lot of people have difficulty hearing from Him is because they're trying to hear Him with their ears. Didn't say He bears witness with our ears. And the reason a lot of people are having difficulty hearing from God and think they can't hear from God is because they try to hear him with their mind. Didn't say he bears witness with our mind. And people keep trying to, to, to discern his communication through physical sensation. Hot flashes, cold flashes. How many live long enough to find out there's a lot of things cause flashes? If you led by flashes, whoo! You're going to be unstable. <laughs> no, what part of our being does he bear witness with? Our spirit. So in order to be aware of the Holy Spirit, you got to be aware of your own spirit. That's how he communicates. Quit trying to make him talk to you in an audible voice. Quit trying to get it just through your head. And your intellect or your reasoning. Quit trying to feel it through your body. He communicates with us 
bearing witness with our spirit. The word means co-witness or a witnessing with. There's somebody else in you besides you. (laughs) Hallelujah. There's another spirit in your body besides your spirit. And you'll find that when something's the Lord, your spirit will have a positive witness about it. And then somebody else will join in and go, yep, that's it. I'm not talking about hearing a voice. I'm talking about something else inside you is witnessing with your spirit. We talked earlier about the quickening of the Lord. He leads through life and peace. Life is quickening. Well, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of life. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of peace. Hallelujah. And he bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So much to be said about that, learned about that. Now, if this sounds new to you, or even if you think you've got some things about this, learning how to be led by the Spirit in particular... It's one of those things you don't learn all about it just because you heard it two or three times. And just because you decided, well, I'm going to learn how to be led by the Spirit, you don't have it all after two weeks or two years. Now, you can be a whole lot better at being led than you used to be in just a short amount of time. But I was prompted this today to encourage folks. A number of people need to go back and hear the first messages of this series again. Hear these things repeatedly. And we and also there there's uh, available if you weren't here three, five, ten years ago, we got uh, what is this? Spirit led life mm-hmm. one and two. And I mean there's there's a bunch of things out there. Yes. If you're serious about this, yes. you need to immerse yourself in it. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr.'s book on how to be led by the Spirit. There's a number of things that uh, if you feed on it. And it's not that it's so hard to understand. It's that we live in a dark world. And the enemy has sought so desperately to hide this from the people of God. And to bring confusion. You, and all you got to do is just make up your mind. I'm staying on this until I get it. That's all you got to do. And you got to think long term. I'm in this for the duration. How many understand whether it's tomorrow afternoon or if the Lord tarries is coming 50 years from now, you're going to need to be led by the Spirit of God to know what to do every day of your life, which way to go. This is not a waste of your time. And Phyllis and I, after some experience in the ministry now for decades, uh, we, we just talk about it all the time, how precious it is. One of the greatest things we've ever had the privilege to learn anything about is how to be led by the Spirit. Every day, what do you do? Do you do this in ministry? Who do you use? How do you, who's to have a part with this? Who's only to have a part with that? Uh, do we get involved with this ministry too? Or do we not? Everything is coming up. And the bigger things get, the more questions there are. And the more decisions there are. And if you're foolish, you'll flip coins and ask what people what they think they ought to do. And put out fleeces. Someone said, what's wrong with that? Go get the series. 
I'm talking about something else right now. But we are not to be led externally in this new covenant. People under the old covenant were not even born again. Oh, that's one of the big reasons why our covenant is a better covenant. Established on better promises. And that's what the Lord said. He said, it's better for you that I go away. Why? He said, because the Holy Spirit, he's been with you, but he's going to be in you. Woo! And he will lead you even in the small matters of life. Did I tell y'all recently what the Lord did for me in my new pickup? Oh, I better tell you right now. I've been looking down in Sarasota. Phyllis and I had only one vehicle that we've been riding together in since the church started. Main vehicle. And uh, so uh, I wanted a truck of some kind. And I've been eyeing the Dodge Ram trucks. What's the slogan? Guts, glory. Ram. Sound like a man's truck to me, you know. <laughs> anyway. That doesn't matter at all. <laughs> but I've been eyeing them. I thought, well, you know, that's a pretty good looking truck, you know. And Phyllis laughed at me and she said, what do you need to pick up for? What you going to haul? I said, might need to haul something. You don't need to be ready to haul. Is that right? <laughs> She laughed at me about that, but I just kept looking anyhow. And uh, anyway, we found that this had been going on for a couple of years. And I felt like it was a good time to, to look about getting one. We found one. Man, it was great. It was top of the line. Had all the stuff. Super price. Super price. We went and we drove it. Came back. Looked like everything I wanted. And we told the salesperson, yeah, great, we'll, you know, do the paperwork. So uh, sales lady, she went to do the paperwork. We're standing out there. We've been out there for an hour or two. We've driven the thing. We've looked at it, pulled up the seats and folded them up and, you know, did everything. While we're standing there waiting, the Spirit of God prompts me, go back and look at this again. We already looked at it three or four times. And it was in the back where the seats, it was a, it's a four-door truck, and the seats fold up. And you can put stuff in there, more room to put bags and stuff. And, and uh, something you could have easily ignored and overridden. But thank God, by the mercy of God, we've learned a few things over the years. Pay attention to that. Don't, don't ignore that. So I told Phyllis, I said, uh, we need to go back and look at that truck again. And, and here we go. I got my phone, turned my flashlight on. This time I looked a little closer, raised it up, and the bolts way back in the back, up under. I'd raised this thing up and looked at it already at least three times, just seeing how it worked. But this time I shined the light, got down on my knees, and the bolts in the back are sitting in pools of rust. (laughs) Just red rust, liquid Sitting in there. I begin to look. There's rust here. There's oxidation here. It's a brand new pickup. Wow. Rust, 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 rust. Wow. Well, lady came back and I said, look at this. She said, oh. I said, I'm sorry, but I don't want this. Amen. She said, I don't blame you. <laughs> and found out the regional manager came down a few days after that and pulled it out of the fleet. Yeah. 
I was that close to taking it home. Come on, y'all, listen to me. The only reason I caught it is because the Spirit of God, somebody say the Spirit of God, Spirit of God prompted me, go look at that, that specific area, go look at that again. I already looked at it three times. You could, it would have been so easy to say, well, I looked at it. I already have. It pays to obey. Well, just a week or so later, we found another one. And come to find out, it was a different color that I liked even better. And it had another couple of options that one didn't have, including the Ram boxes. Oh, my. Oh. What's that? It's two boxes that's built into the side of the truck. Man, you can put your rifle in there. You can put whatever you want to. And Phyllis said, that'll make it look like a service truck. She said, what is, what's that? I said, oh, this is it's like a, a shirt pocket, man. You, you need this. <laughs> and so I got them. Hallelujah. I just sitting in the garage. Praise the Lord. But you understand why I shared that? How close I was to taking a rusty truck to the house that who knows what kind of problems it would have had and how much difficulty I might have had. And sometimes people get into that and they go, uh, you know, they blame the people for selling. They blame this one for not working with them when the truth is it was their fault for not listening to start with and never bringing the thing home. I lost somebody there. Whose fault would it have been if I'd have had six months of struggles with the auto manufacturer over this deal? Whose fault would it have been? Did I lose somebody? (laughs) It would have been my fault for not listening to what the Lord told me to do. And I I won't stand here and tell you that I've always listened. I've made some mistakes. That's one reason I pay more attention nowadays. (laughs) But uh, how many made up making up your mind, you're going to pay attention? Come on, think about this. What would it hurt for me to go back and look at the thing again? What does that hurt? Why not just do what the Lord told you to do? (laughs) Right? Sure paid off. Thanks be to God. Go with me to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 13, Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate. Now in talking about being led of him, he talked about the door. You remember that? Now he's talking about a gate. He said, because broad, wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Keep reading. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leads to life, and few there be that find it. Most of the world is not following Jesus, is not spirit-led, and is not going to be. Of the seven plus billions on the planet, the number would be few. 
I mean, it's a pretty good number if you put us all together, but compared to 7 billion, it's relatively few. But a whole lot of folks are going on this other way. The broad, wide way. Verse 13. The broad way, the wide gate that leads where? The Spirit of God wants to lead us. Our good shepherd is endeavoring to lead us. But there's somebody else that wants to lead us. The enemy of our souls is endeavoring through his evil spirits to lead us down another path. The Holy Spirit is good spirit. And the path he wants to lead us down is a good path, which leads to good things. Is that right? Life, blessing, victory. But the spirit, other spirits that want to lead us are bad spirits. They want to lead us down a bad road and lead us to destruction. And it's up to us which we follow. Up to us, which one we follow. Now the Spirit of God leads us through our spirit. The enemy of our soul endeavors to lead us through our flesh. Is it possible to be spirit-led? Can you be flesh-led? Oh, you don't have to think too much about that. Is it possible to be flesh led, led by the flesh? But is it possible in being led by the flesh, whatever was pulling on the flesh, if you're yielding to the flesh, you're letting that lead you, whatever that is. And it can wind up being the enemy. Where's he going to lead you? Nowhere good. He will endeavor to lead you out of the plan of God, away from the people of God, away from the truth and the blessings and benefits. The Spirit of God, if we listen to Him, man, I'm seeing this clearer the further we go. The Spirit of God, every one of us, every one of us, if you listen to Him, that's the big deal. He will lead you out of poverty. Into abundance and plenty. He will. He'll lead you out of sickness. If you listen to him. He'll lead you out of sickness. Into robust health. And long life. Do you believe it? You believe it. If you listen to the enemy. You won't live out half your days. And you'll be unhappy while you do. If you listen to him. He'll lead you through things. It'll destroy your marriage. Destroy your family. Destroy your career, your ministry. He will lead you to destruction. But the good news is, you and I do not have to follow him. He is not my good shepherd. Since I've been born again, he has nothing on me. He has nothing in me. And I don't have to follow. I do not have to follow him. But you'll have to make a decision. 
Because he'll keep trying to lead you. Now notice the language here. Broad is the way. Wide is the gate. This is all inclusive. A variety. Any way. Every way is fine and okay. (laughs) Beware of such language. Because it's the way that leads to destruction. And the way that's the Lord's way is not anything is okay. Very specific, narrow, straight focus. Get this, do this. Go here, stay here, do this. Specific, pointed, focused. Oh, whatever is the way that goes to destruction. Any way, any time will be okay. Any way, if we do okay, if we don't okay. That's the language that leads down the wrong path, that goes to destruction. Go to Galatians five. Galatians five, and sixteen. He said, "This I say, then walk in the spirit." And you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Boy, this is shouting ground. How do you not fulfill the lust of the flesh? Simple. Walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, you're going to see. Read the next verse. For the flesh lusts, pulls against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. Have you found that out yet? And these are contrary the one to the other. You got a struggle going on within yourself. Between your outside and your inside. So that you cannot do the things that you would. How many know you you shouldn't do everything you're pulled to do? Everything your flesh wants to do. Everything your unrenewed mind wants you to do. Keep going. If you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Why? Because the Spirit of God is going to lead you to do the right things that are contained in the law and beyond. If somebody tells you the Spirit of God told them it was okay to lie, which is one of the commandments, part of the law, you know that's another lie. Because the Spirit of God is not going to lead you to do something that the Word already said was wrong in the law. But the reason we're no longer under the law is not because anything's okay now. It's because we have the author of the book living inside us 24-7. Hallelujah. And if we'll listen to him, we'll always know the right thing to do and to be and to say. And it's going to line up with the word. And if you're led by the Spirit, it's not a matter of keeping the Ten Commandments or the rest of the statutes and commands. You're going to be doing the right thing. Just following the one that's on the inside of you. It's a higher way of living. Not living by the dead letter, a written code, but living by the living Spirit. Hallelujah. On the inside of you. Keep reading. The works of the flesh are manifest. Now let's just stop right here. 
Has he changed subjects? He was just talking about being led by the Spirit. What's this got to do with being led by the Spirit? What was the choice? Led by the Spirit or led by the flesh? Walking in the Spirit, following the leadings of the Spirit, or walking in the flesh, following the desires and impulses of the flesh. That's our choice every day. And the Spirit of the enemy is endeavoring to lead you through your flesh that's not born again. When you got born again, it wasn't your body. Your body was still wanting to do stuff it did before it got saved. Don't try to look at me so piously. Your body didn't get born again. Your body will do anything you let it do. And it will get worse and worse. That's what's confusing to a lot of people. No, you got to do what Paul said. I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Why? You got to make up your mind. That's not leading me. I'm not going to let that lead me. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Could you be, could any of us be tempted to commit adultery or fornication or uncleanness or lasciviousness? Keep going. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Somebody says, no way. Hey, you're kidding yourself. Oh, you wouldn't start off there. But when you start down that path, it gets worse and it gets worse. And in a short amount of time, months or years, you could be doing things you never imagined in a hundred years you would ever be doing. Because it's flesh and it gets worse and you can't satisfy the flesh. Used to be a couple of drinks. Now it takes two bottles. Used to be this. Now you're trying this perverted this and perverted that. Still seeking that excitement and that high. With hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Does this have anything to do with being led by the Spirit? That's what he was talking about. This is what you can be led by instead of the Spirit. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, such like, which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Keep reading. But the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the what? Spirit. Spirit. Is he still talking about being led by the Spirit? Living in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Is love. What's the Spirit of God going to lead you to do? When your flesh wants to get mad... Spirit of God is going to lead you to walk in love with them. When your flesh wants to be depressed, Spirit of God is going to lead you to rejoice. When your flesh is tempted to worry and fret, Spirit of God is going to lead you to have peace. When your flesh is tempting you to be impatient, the Spirit of God is going to lead you to put up with it a long time. When your flesh is, is pulling on you and the evil spirit's pulling on you to be hard with them and cruel with them, the Spirit of God will deal with you. Be kind. Be gentle. Goodness. When your flesh is pulling on you, oh, quit. There's no use anyway. The Spirit of God will say, hang on. Keep believing. Right? Be strong. You're tempted to be proud. The Spirit of God will deal with you to be humble and meek. You're tempted to just let it go and not control yourself. The Spirit of God will deal with you to get a hold of yourself and discipline yourself. 
And there is no law against the leadings and fruit of the Spirit. And if you're walking in the Spirit, you're not living by the law. He's leading you to do every good thing. (laughs) Keep reading. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh and the affections and lusts. Now, uh, it means we're going to have to, we got to get rough with our flesh sometimes. Crucifixion is no picnic. Sometimes you have to get yourself by the ear and get serious with yourself and say, you are not doing that. You're not going there. And yet your flesh, your flesh wants to do it. Wants to do it. Your flesh didn't get born again. (laughs) With the affections and the lust. Keep reading. If we live in the spirit. Let us do what? Also walk in the spirit. The spirit of God leads us. According to his nature. Which is love, joy, peace, long suffering, etc. The enemy is trying to lead us. Through our flesh that has not been born again, according to his nature, selfishness, anger, rage, impatience. If you let these things lead you, you'll wind up at the wrong place, at the wrong time, and in the wrong situation with doors open for the enemy to destroy. If we follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit, stay controlled, temperate, discipline ourselves, don't yield to the flesh, keep believing no matter what, keep walking in love, forgive, don't judge, don't hold a grudge. Come on, are you listening? You'll wind up at the right place. At the right time. You'll be protected. You'll be kept. Hallelujah. Good things will happen to you. You'll come up and out of the problems. And over the turmoil. And be victorious. Again and again. The good spirit's going to lead you to a good place. Somebody say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Now go with me. Please, to the book of Judges, 19th chapter, Judges 19. Third John 11, while you're turning there, it, it talks about this. You're going to Judges 19. Third John 11, put it on the screen for us. He said, Beloved, do what? Follow not that which is evil. So can you follow evil, we'd probably say today, bad. Can you follow bad if you want to? Can a Christian follow bad if they want to? It's your choice. But, but what? Follow that which is good. It's our choice. He that does good is of God. He that does evil, you keep choosing evil. All you want is to do the bad, have the bad. You had not seen God. You don't know what he is. And what he's like. Don't know him. How many believe God's good? He's good. I mean we've been camping on that for weeks right? I mean he's good. He's all good. He's only good. Well if you're following him. You're following something good. And he's taking you somewhere good. 
I believe God's taken us somewhere good. Yes. Do you? Yes, sir. We've been following him for years now. Yes. Has he brought us somewhere good? Yes. He has. He, he just keeps bringing us up. Yes. Bringing us further. Putting more good under our hands so we can do more good for more people. Right. Is that right? Yes. Well, is he done or does he have even more good? More good. Right. Somebody say he's taken me somewhere good. The path is supposed to get brighter and brighter and brighter and better and better and better throughout your whole life until you leave here and then you really find out (laughs) how good he is. Do you believe this? It's not supposed to get worse and worse. Don't follow what's evil, but follow what is good. Now we're going to read an account in the scriptures that is a terrible, gruesome account. I mean, this is ugly. But it's in the Bible. And why would something like this be in the Bible? Is it the Word of God? What application does it have to us? What are we to learn as New Testament Spirit-led believers? Or is it irrelevant? Something we should ignore. Alright, so everybody say, Lord, show me. Out of this chapter. How this applies to me. In Judges 19. 1. It came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel. There was a certain Levite. Sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim, who took to him a concubine out of Bethlehem, Judah. Now, you'll find two or three places in the book of Judges where it says there was no king and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. <laughs> well, if you got a king, you're not supposed to do just what you think. You're supposed to do what he says. Do you have a king? Do we have a king? We have a Lord. He leads us by his spirit. The Levite, that means he is what we'd call in the helps ministry. He's in the ministry. He's not a preacher per se, though some of them did. Uh, they, They handled the mechanical, natural side of the ministry. He's in the ministry of helps. And he he married a woman. In those days, they had more than uh, one wife. And this particular one concubine... Played the whore against him. That means she had affairs with other men. Adultery. Fornication. And then she left. And went back to her father's house in Bethlehem, Judah. And was there for four whole months. Keep going. (laughs) You know. The the Bible is not a collection of fairy tales or stories. It tells you just like it is. Her husband arose and went after her to speak friendly to her and bring her again. He decides he wants to let the past be past and them get back together. So he goes to her to bring her again. And he had his servant with him and a couple of donkeys. And and, and when they got there, she brought him to her father's house. And when the father of the damsel saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. So everything's good. His father-in-law's happy he's there. She's happy he's there. Looks like the plan is for her to them to get back together and go back home. 
And his father-in-law, the damsel's father, retained him. Everybody say he retained he Retained him. The Amplified says he insistently detained him. And he remained with him three days. So they ate and drank and he lodged there. What are they doing? Fleshing out. Is that right? Eating, drinking, laying around. Then what they do? Eat some more. Drink some more. Lay around. Came to pass on the fourth day. Everybody say fourth day. <laughs> they arose early in the morning. And he got up to depart. Now why would they get up early in the morning? He must think he's supposed to go. Because they're not lording around. They're up. Donkeys loaded. Fueled up and loaded. Is that right? Got his traveling sandals on. And uh, the damsel's father come and said to the son-in-law, uh, well, you're not going to leave without breakfast, are you? <laughs> oh, the missus has got breakfast in here. No, you can't leave. She's cooked a bunch of fresh biscuits and gravy and, and all that. Come on in here. And then y'all can leave right after breakfast. So they sat down and they ate and drank, both of them together. And the damsel's father had said to the man, look, it's already one o'clock. That's a big breakfast. <laughs> Look, this day's pretty much gone, so you might as well spend the night and let your heart be merry. How's the heart going to be merry? They're going to drink some more. Drink, eat, lay around, wait, and miss God. And when the man got up to leave, his father-in-law, what did he say? Urged him again. So what did he do? So he just stayed there. Again. Everybody say again. Again. Now, now listen friends. There's a lot of people. Who are carnal. And don't know anything about being led. And don't care about it. And if you listen to them. They'll cause you to miss God. And there are some people. That are insistent and pushy. And because people say, well, I, I don't like confrontation. I, do, I don't like. There's some other things worse That's right. <laughs> than confrontation. It can be deadly serious to miss God and not listen to him. There are people who are too weak when it comes to other people and their suggestions. Well, let's just do this. Or let's go there. Or let's not do that. Do not let people cause you to ignore what the Lord has given you in your spirit. I don't care who they are. How well-meaning they may be or how insistent they may be. This guy's not trying to be led. Is he? He's not, there's no indication that he's a godly man or cares about Jehovah, or the law, or any of that. He just wants somebody to party with him. And he wants the party to last as long as he can. He's not thinking about them, and what they need to do, or where they need to go, or where they need to be. 
He's only thinking about himself. And this guy is too weak. Did you stand up and go, no, we got to go. Are we still talking about being led by the spirit or being led by the flesh? Are there still lessons today to be learned from this story? So here he is. He stays again, stays another night. Verse 8. He arose early in the morning. Why? Why does he keep getting up? I think he probably thought he might get out before the guy gets up or something. Is that right? Gets up early in the morning on the fifth day. Somebody say fifth day, fifth day. Does it matter if we just put things off day after day? Whatever. There's a broad way. And a wide gate where anything's okay. Doing it anyway is all right. Doesn't matter whenever you want to go today, next week, next month. Who cares? Whether you do it or you don't, who cares? What does it matter? Whatever. That's how the enemy gets you on the wrong path. Fifth day. Somebody say fifth day. Now, you're going to see as we get further into this. The Bible talks about that for everything there is a time and there is a season. There are things all all through life that are windows of opportunity. And they are for a time and a season. They are not open-ended. They are not indefinitely. It shouldn't be too hard to figure that out. We're not here indefinitely. And so, yes, you shouldn't be impatient. We should ask the Lord and seek Him and not move until we get direction from Him. But you can miss it the other way, too. Once you have direction... Once you have gotten direction from him and you know what to do and you know to do it now, if you don't do it, if you ignore that and procrastinate and delay and ignore and delay and ignore, you can actually miss a window of opportunity in a time and a season for a thing to happen. You read in the book of John, you'll see this. It says repeatedly, Jesus said, his time was not yet come. His time was not yet come. Then it said, his hour, he said, the hour has come. There's a time. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a 3.30 on a Tuesday afternoon, but there's a season, a period of time where this is right. You go too long and too far, you could miss that window. Now, it's not going to happen because you don't know what to do. It would happen because you ignored what you knew to do. Do not give place to fear and go, oh, I hope I don't miss it. No, God is good. He's faithful. If it's a big deal, he's going to make sure you know it. That's not the issue. You don't even have to think about that. How many believe God is faithful? If it's a critical thing to your life, if it's a big deal, he is going to make sure you know it. That's not the issue. The issue is once you do, are you going to follow through? Amen. On the fifth day, same thing. Gets up real early. 
And here's the damsel's father. What's he say? Same thing. Look, can't leave without breakfast. (laughs) Come on in here. Sit down. (laughs) The missus made breakfast burritos today. You know you don't want to miss that. Come on in here. Look at that. I bought this new syrup down at the market yesterday. You got to try this. And so they tarried until afternoon. Half a day is gone again. Is there indication he thought he was supposed to leave days ago? And yet he's still here. What does that matter? Oh, it matters. It can matter a lot. So they waited till afternoon. And both of them did eat. Eating. Drinking. Laying around. The enemies try to lead you through what? Through your flesh. Through desires. Through anger. Through frustration. Through impatience. And we must make up our mind. I'm not letting this stuff lead me. And a lot of times it will be in the form of pressure. Some kind of pressure. Here this guy's putting pressure on him to stay. And he's letting it lead him. Now he's about to make another big mistake. Now he feels pressure. That he's waited too long. And it's too late. And he makes some rash decisions now. How many understand you can miss it on both sides of this? But if pressure is leading you, or somebody else's foolishness is leading you, or fear is leading you, none of that is the Spirit of God leading you. So who's leading you? And where are they taking you to? So he got up to leave, him and his concubine and his servant. This donkey's been out there idling all morning. (laughs) And what does his father-in-law say? It's too late to leave now. Too late to leave. Friend, this is such a description of the flesh. This guy's father-in-law is the flesh personified. Isn't it? Oh, just wait. Just wait. What does it matter? Just wait. Eat some more. (laughs) Lay around. Talk. Yak. What are they talking about all this time? Oh, just wait. Just wait. Ain't no need washing them dishes. They're just going to get dirty again. (laughs) You get there when you get there. (laughs) Flesh flesh. But the dangerous thing is if you let it, the enemy will lead you through the flesh because he's got a path for you. He said, the day's about over. You need to stay here and your heart can be merry. What does that mean? We're going to open another bottle. Is that right? We're going to break it open. And then tomorrow, first thing in the morning, first thing, y'all can go. You can go home. And what happened? The man would not tarry that night, but he rose up and departed. He said, I I can't, I can't, I got to go. Now it's a different kind of pressure. I've waited too long. I'm late. I'm behind. See, this is exactly what the enemy wants. 
He wants you in frustration, anxiety, strife, fear. Aren't these some things we read in that list back there in the works of the flesh? Didn't we read that? How, when the Spirit of God's leading you, what are you going to see? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Is that right? But when you're anxious, I got to go, I got to go, I got I'm behind on what I have done. Look at why I've messed everything up. Don't jump now either. If you didn't listen to the Lord the first time, we're now at a different time in history. You are now in a different place than you're supposed to be. Than if you'd have done that. Do not just jump. You know what you need to do now? You need to get before the Lord and repent and ask him what to do now. Because he still knows the best thing to do right now. Even if you've missed him. All the more. Don't, don't just jump and do something. He shouldn't have just took off. He should have asked the Lord what to do. But anyway. They left. They came over against Jebus. Which is Jerusalem. And there's two donkeys. And the concubine was with him. Keep going. And when they were by Jebus. The day was far spent. And the servant said to him. Come I pray we'll turn into this city. Of the Jebusites and lodge in it. Keep going. His master said, no, we're not going to go into the city of a stranger that's not the children of Israel. We'll pass over to Gibeah. Are they making decisions about where they're going to go and where they're going to be? What kind of shape are they in to make decisions? They've waited and procrastinated and they're stuffed and drunk. Come on, are you listening? And hung over and everything else. And now it's the end of the day and they're tired and they're weary. This is exactly where the enemy wants you. To get you to make some bad choices and bad decisions so that you play into the trap he's got set for you. He's trying to lead them into destruction. And uh, he said, well, come, we'll, we'll go to one of these places to lodge all night, Gibeah or in Ramah. And they passed on and went their way and the sun went down upon them when they were by Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. In a strange place. Don't know anybody. At night. How many of the enemy is always trying to get you in the wrong place? At the wrong time. Out of the will of God. Because if you rebelled against God and didn't do what he told you. And you followed your flesh and feelings. He has a right. You're in rebellion. You're out of the will of God. Come on, are you listening? He, he can have some access to you. And uh, here they are in the street. After dark at night in a strange city, don't know anybody. You'll say, oh, the Lord will take care of me. The Lord will take care of me. I dwell in a secret place with the Most High. Not if you disobey, you don't, honey. Amen. I learned this years ago. It got clearer to me. I was at Kenneth Hagin Ministries praying with people on the phone. Man, this is 30, I don't know, five years ago. And uh, this woman called, and she was hysterical. One of Brother Hagin's partners, and she, she got me on the phone, and, and she had just been mugged in a large city. And uh, I couldn't tell what she was saying because of her heaving and crying. It had just happened, I don't know, an hour or two before. Well, I felt for her. My heart went out to her. And I'm so young and green in ministry. Uh, I was just learning the difference between Old and New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I, I cared about her 
And so while she's crying and heaving, I'm checking my heart. Lord, what can I do to help this dear woman? I mean, she's in a state. Finally, she calmed down and was able to tell me what happened in between heaving and blowing her nose. And, and, and I, I didn't know what to tell her. And the Spirit of God just prompted me to ask her this. So I said, well, uh, I said, sister, and, and, and the thing she was most upset about wasn't getting mugged. It was, she said, I don't understand how this can happen to me. I'm a Christian. I confess on a regular basis the 91st Psalm. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. He protects me. None of this will come near me. How could this happen to me? So what she's doing is implying somehow or another God let her down. The Word let her down. And she's upset. And so I, it came up in my heart. Ask her this. I said, well, sister, I, tell me again, what happened? How, where did it happen and how did it happen? And she told me that she went to this place. It was a real rough part of town. I said, so you felt like you needed to be there and you had some things you needed to do? She said, well, no, I had a real check about going. But I just confessed the 91st Psalm. And I said, the Lord protects me. I said, so you really felt like you, you should go and you should be there? She said, well, no, I had a check about going that I shouldn't go. But I confessed the 91st Psalm. Well, friend, the 91st Psalm was happening. <laughs> he was leading her, don't go down there. And I can protect you. Do what I say. Stay where I tell you to stay. Be where I tell you to be. But she ignored that. How many understand? You can't ignore the leading of the Spirit and quote scriptures contrary to what the Lord tells you to do. That's, right. That's not going to work. So we talked about it, and I think she began to see it, and we prayed, and the Lord had mercy. But notice what happens here. They're in a strange place after dark in the street. You ever been there before? I have. It's not nice. And uh, nobody took them in. Everybody was unfriendly. And I, I assure you, they had a dread feeling about this place and about being here. And when you've been trained to be led by the Spirit, you know what you do? You get your little self out of there right now, post haste. Is anybody listening? How many times I've heard people say, I just had a bad feeling. Just I had a bad feeling. Come on. Well, why didn't you hook them up and get out of there? <laughs> just keep on going. Just keep on staying with the plan, going further and further into it. People have not been taught to pay attention to what's happening on the inside of them. But you are. I said you are. And I am. We are. And we're going to listen. Come on, somebody say it again. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. And I follow him. And we don't follow the flesh. We don't follow the anger. We don't follow other people's fleshly insistence. Now, that's not always easy. I've had people get mad at me. Well, why won't you do it? I don't need a reason. Not to do it. That's right. I need a leading That's right. to do it. That's right. A lot of folk don't understand that. They take it personal. 
They take it as an affront. Well, you don't like me. Why would you do it? Well, I asked you nicely. Well, you're not my Lord. That's right. And I know that's not real to people, but it should be. To a person that understands this, all you got to say is, I, I don't have a witness about it. And if they understand, they go, fine, don't do it. Right? That's the end of the conversation. If somebody wants to get fussy with you, it just proves how carnal they are. Elsewise, they'd know exactly what you're talking about. Came out an old man from work out of the field. And uh, says where he was from. And verse 17. When he lifted up his eyes, he saw these guys in the street. So he goes check on them. Because he knows you don't stay in the street. And he said, where'd you come from? And uh, where, you, where you going? And where'd you come from? What are you doing here? And they told him. And uh, they said, uh, see, he's in the ministry. I'm going to the house of the Lord. And, and nobody's received me tonight. In verse 19. We got straw. Uh, we got fuel, plenty of fuel for the donkeys. And, and, and we got bread and wine. And... Uh, we, we don't need anything. Verse 20. The old man said, Peace be with you. Let all you wants be on me. Don't stay here in the street, though. Come on. Come to the house with me. Brought him into the house, gave provender to the donkeys, washed their feet, eat and drink. As they're making their hearts merry, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about, beat at the door, beat on the door, and spoke to the master of the house. The old man said, Bring forth the man that came to your house that we may know him. Now they're talking about sexually. Keep going. The master of the house went out to him and said, No, no, brothers, I pray you, don't do so wickedly. This man's come into my house. Do not this folly. And here's a lot of folk don't understand this, and I'm not claiming I do. That's what happened. He said, uh, My daughter is a maiden, and, and here's his concubine. I'll bring them out, and, and you can humble them and do what you think good, but to this man, don't do so vile a thing. Maybe they thought that's the only way all of them would live. If you read the rest of it in the 20th chapter, the man says he was sure they were going to kill him. Keep going. But the men wouldn't listen. So the man took his concubine, brought her forth, and they knew her. That means they, they raped her and abused her all that night till the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. And then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. He opened the doors, went out to go, and the woman was falling down and her hands were on the threshold. He said, let's get up and let's go. And she didn't answer. She was dead. And the man took her up and put her on the donkey and they got up and they, they got, he got to his place. He made it home. Now, what if he had left three days earlier? If he had left three days earlier, early in the morning, he would have been at a different location at a different time in history. Come on, can you see this? We know for sure it would have been a different outcome. He wouldn't have needed to stop in those places. The only reason he thought he had to stop there is because he left so late in the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Can you see this, friends? Yes, sir. And as awful as it was what happened to the woman, would any of that had happened if she hadn't had the affairs? Would they have even been there? Needed to do the trip? I'm not saying what happened to her was okay. But the devil is cruel. And he's looking for any opportunity to get access. And the way he finds access is through the flesh. Through the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, the drives, come on, are you listening? And the anger and the impatience and the resentment and all the things. How many things have happened when people got mad? They got in a rage and they're just going to go over there and tell them and what for. And next thing you know, somebody's dead. If they'd listened to the Spirit of God, which way would he have led them? He'd have led them love, forgiveness, patience. Is that right? Sometimes being strong spiritually is as simple as going back to the house and going to bed. And keeping your mouth shut. That can be being very spiritual. You read the rest of it. He sent her body parts all through the country to shock them. And it did. And the whole country was moved. And they had war. And tens of thousands of people died. Would that war have happened? Because it happened over her. And over him. Too many folks. Refuse to take any responsibility. For what's happening in their life. Choosing, preferring to believe that everything that's happening is somehow the cosmic will and plan of God. And I have nothing to do with it. And it's not true. You can be at the right place at the right time. Or you can be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's not God's choice. I know a lot of people don't believe this. But the scriptures are here. Is it important that we be led? And when the Spirit of God checks us, don't go there. No matter what we think we know or don't know, just pay attention to Him. Is that right? And a lot of times, the only thing you'll know is that nothing happened. And that's good. I said that's good. A lot of times you won't know what didn't happen. But you know you're still okay in one piece. Is that right? Oh, friend, it is so important that we not procrastinate. The Lord gave me this phrase back a few weeks ago. I knew we would get to this in my heart. And uh, this is uh, this is how he gave it to me. That uh, when the enemy tempts you to procrastinate... And to disobey. He's trying to position you. For destruction. See there's always more to it. He's not tempting you. To ignore God. Just so he can say goody goody see there. Got you to ignore God. Oh he's always got much more. Going on. He's trying to get you. Out of place. 
at the wrong place at the wrong time. You can see it set up again and again. How do you wind up under a, in an intersection under a green light at exactly when the drunk driver comes through at 90 miles an hour? Again and again, these are setups. And what folks don't realize, you go back earlier in the day, you go back the day before, sometimes the week before, somebody ignored something that they knew in their heart, but they weren't taught to pay attention to it. Have you ever heard people, bad things happen, and they look at you with tears and say, I knew, I knew. You ever heard it? I knew we shouldn't have. I knew we should. How did you know you shouldn't have? How did you know you should have? What are you talking about? It wasn't in your head. It wasn't in the natural. It was something in here. I said it was something in here. It wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't a physical feeling. It was a spiritual knowing. And children of God can be led by the Spirit of God. They can know things in their spirit. Their head's got no way of knowing and you don't have to understand it all. All you got to do is pay attention. Amen. Listen. Do it. Take heed. Do you believe it, saints? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet, please. I know some of this is sobering, but it needs to be. You think so? Do you think we need to take this seriously? This is serious business. I have seen just in the few years we've been in the ministry. I've seen this happen repeatedly. And man, it's, it's, it just rends your heart to see it. I've had, I don't mean once or twice. I can probably name off a half a dozen instances right now over the past 30 years. People that came told me, came told Phyllis and me. The Lord dealt with them. They're supposed to go over here and be a part of this church. or They're supposed to go here and, and get training and be, be in the ministry. They're, they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do that. And they just, man, they were so excited about it. And they were so thrilled about it. And, and, and they weren't asking you. They were saying, I know, I know the Lord showed us this. And they're so excited. Would you pray with me? Uh, so that this and that will happen so we can do what we need to do and go. And again and again we would pray with them. And a lot of times within a couple of weeks, within a month, within two months, all their bills are paid, their debts are paid off, they got money, they're freed up from this, they can do it. And they didn't. They didn't. And they put it off. And they put it off. And they put it off. And they waited. Now, if you're waiting to hear from God, that's one thing. But if you've already heard from him, and he told you what to do, and you know what to do, this is a completely different thing. And I talked to this one, people I'm talking about, I talked to them, I said, hey, uh, it's been, you know, two years, and, and you had uh, said y'all were going in a few months. Yeah, I know, but you know, mom and them, and... And and the job and yeah, but I thought God helped you and He got you out of it. Yeah, I know, but you know, we just we just thought this and that. I, and in, I'm thinking this one, two different couples now. Within five years, 
they had lost children to accidents and their marriage was destroyed. And neither one of them had any intention of going into the ministry. And some of them blaming God. Friends, the enemy is looking for such things. He's looking for these kind of opportunities. Where that you ignore God and don't do what he said. And as the plan, the plan of God is, is continuing to move. Whether you're with it or not. What God creates is living How many understand space and creation is continuing to to move? Hallelujah. And expand. And uh, the plan of God is moving. How many know when the cloud moves? When the cloud moves? I don't care how much you like your little spot by the creek. I don't care how comfortable you have got your bed. When the cloud moves, pack yourself up now. Come on, are y'all with me? Get it in gear now. Do what the Lord told you to do. To hang around there and to wait is to get out of sequence, out of time. And sometimes it don't show up at first or the first few days or weeks or months. But the longer it goes, the worse it gets until you are out of the will of God. And you're in rebellion. And you're in defiance. And the enemy has access to destroy. Somebody say by the grace of God. God. Not me. me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll I'll stay where you want me to stay. stay I'll do what you want me to do. do Because in your will will is my protection. protection. And my provision. provision. And my peace. In the place of obedience, in the place of yieldedness, in the place of faith, is your power to keep me. Hallelujah. Safe from every device of the enemy. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.